Vegetarian Zen, episode number 52. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, VegZeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. And in this episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, episode number 52, we're going to be discussing sugar. By the time we say goodbye, you'll have learned about the six different types of sugar and some of the negative effects that it has on our bodies, because there are quite a few. You'll also discover many sources of hidden sugars in the foods that we eat and gain insights into how to tame your sugar cravings. That's what I need. Yep, me too. Okay, but first, we have a new rating. Well, this is an old new ratings. Again, we're catching up on some of them from different countries, so we are very excited to share one with you today. Okay, well, now this one we did receive on March 31st, so we're getting more recent now, and this was from Australia, and I am so sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this correctly. I'm going to try it. Uh, it's Mabuhaye. Mabuhaye. You did better than I would have, for Thank sure. <laughs> I'm bad at pronouncing things. Uh, and, okay, so they say uh, highly recommended. And then they go on to say it doesn't really matter what diet you're on or what your stance is on vegetarianism and the myriad issues linked to it. Anyone who's looking to learn about healthy living and to be entertained for 40-something minutes needs to check out the Vegetarian Zen podcast. Larissa and Vicky provide clear and sound advice about vegetarian and or vegan hot topics in a friendly tone infused with convivial chemistry between each other. In fact, I find that after the audio has ended, I want to hear more from them. They're like your intelligent friends from the neighborhood. Keep up the good work, guys. That's awesome. That is great. Thank you. We are we are the intelligent neighborhood friends. I like that. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. Now I feel cool. like I have to live up to that and like not be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to like you. trip after this podcast right. or something. Thank you so much for that rating. We really appreciate it. Much appreciated. Okay, what about Facebook? Yes, let's give a couple of shout outs. First, we want to give a shout out to Kevin Hicks and his partner, James Lindsay. Now, they've been with us for a while, haven't they? Yes. In fact, they actually won a DVD when we had our giveaway. Oh, very cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. They did. Okay, um, so thank you so much, James and Kevin, for being supporters. We really appreciate it. And for being engaged on our Facebook page. We greatly appreciate that. Yes. And then we want to give a Twitter shout out to Vegetarian Snob. That's my kind of snob. Exactly. At Vegetarian Snob. Now, I checked out their website and it's pretty cool. They have some recipes and such. So, And in fact, I shared something on our Facebook page from them. So it looks like a very cool, very cool site. Great. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for being um, interactive with us and encouraging us to keep on going. I think we're ready to dive into our main topic. Okay. And that is... Asuka, sugar. Sugar. All right. Um, let's let's give a couple stats first. Okay. Okay. So now this is shocking. I mean, I don't know why I'm so surprised, but it's just it's amazing to me that the average American consumes approximately 130 pounds of sugar per year. That doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't because when we talk about like 
and we're going to talk a little bit about this hidden sugars. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That is true. So yeah. now that that equates to eh, around about twenty two teaspoons of sugar a day. That's just insane, isn't yeah. it? I mean, when you think of it, how much a teaspoon, what a teaspoon looks like, and then put twenty two of those like in a bowl or something. That's a lot of sugar. We should do that and put a picture of it on the on the um, show notes. Yeah, for sure, definitely. What that looks like. Okay, so what a, what about recommended maximum daily intake of sugar? Okay, so for women, it's less than twenty grams okay. or five teaspoons. For men, it's less than thirty six grams or nine teaspoons. And for children, it's less than twelve grams or three teaspoons. Okay, now let me let me shock you again. How much? How many grams of sugar are in a can of soda? Can you guess? I don't have to guess. But if I were to guess, I'd say maybe 12 grams. Exactly. (laughs) And it says that children should have less than 12 grams of sugar a day. Yeah. So if you give your your child a can of of Coke or a can of, you know, orange soda or whatever it is that they like, that's their entire sugar intake allotment for the day. Yeah, and that's even the case for, let's see, so men, if it's nine teaspoons or 36 grams, you got to think about, that's really not that much. I mean, you're talking about a candy bar and a soda, and you're already you're already over the limit, right? Or, right. or just about pushing. Yeah, you're over the limit. Right. So before we get started um, learning more about sugar, let's just take a quick run through in some of the foods that we eat and how much sugar they contain. Okay. Okay, so a candy bar has... 20, just, and now this is just a regular standard size of candy bar. And then just to clarify, too, when we're talking about these... It's kind of generic form. Or generic, right? right. It's, There's it's not a, really it, brand. It's per, right. And this yeah. is per serving. So, for example, when we talk about uh, a whole grain bread, a serving of bread is usually two slices. Um, milk, it's usually eight ounces of milk. So it's we're talking about the standard serving size. So, okay, candy bar, 28 grams of sugar. We already mentioned a can of soda, 12 grams. Okay, this one is bad. Commercial smoothies, like the kind that you get at, at those smoothie places, the shops. Like the Jamba Juices and or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or Smoothie King or wherever. Okay, those can contain up to 54 grams of sugar Wow. per smoothie. Okay, so for a woman who should be having... 20 grams, that's almost three days worth of sugar right. in, one, in one smoothie. Right. And you might recall in our interview with Farnoosh Brock where I asked her about her take on smoothies and she, she was talking about how there are some good smoothie bars out there, but these commercial type chains mm-hmm. like Smoothie King, those tend to be the ones you have to look out for. Now, they may, they may have some healthy options in all fairness. I have not been there, so I don't know. But you just want to be careful and you want to pay attention to what you're ordering. Right. Well, and the reason for that, I think, is that a lot of those have a base that's a mix. And so when that mix is prepared, like wherever they you know, have their factory or whatever, that's what contains all that extra sugar. Yeah. I mean, you might as well be going to Dairy Queen and getting a malt in right. some cases. Same right. kind of idea. Right. Okay. Well, what about milk, regular milk? Now this is something you struggled with. You mm-hmm. used to, you used to consume about a what a gallon or two a week between a gallon and two gallons, and a you week. alone, just me, yeah, just me, you alone. And I, I really think that led to you developing type two diabetes. Right. And I had mentioned that to you when you know you were struggling with that. Right. Uh, that has whole milk has or thirteen just... grams per serving. Right. And on the milk, it doesn't matter 
what uh, whether it's whole, low fat, or skim, they all have the same amount of sugar. It's just the fat that's different. Oh, okay. Right. Um, okay, soy milk, 10 grams. Yeah, and I do drink soy milk, even though there are some health concerns with that. I, you know, people say you shouldn't be consuming a lot of soy, so I really don't. But uh, when I do consume milk, it's either almond milk or soy milk. Right, right. And I've switched but it's over not to daily. soy. No. Yeah. And I've switched over to soy now, and I don't, but I don't just drink it by the glass. I just use it on cereal, or I'll use it in cooking or baking. Yeah, and you don't use it every day. Either. No. Mm-mm. Okay, now, frozen entrees. Now, this, again, is just kind of a generic estimate, you know, average. 24 grams of sugar in these frozen entrees that you get. I believe it. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, All right, whole grain bread, uh, 5 grams. Granola, 20 grams, a serving of granola. And then a granola bar, 12 grams. Feta cheese, 6 grams for a serving. Uh, let's see what a flavored oatmeal, the ones like the ones that come in the little packets mm-hmm. that you add water and stick in the microwave, 14 grams of sugar for just that little packet. Okay. And then what about, let's see, what about some condiments? What about barbecue sauce? 13 grams pasta sauce, which is not really a condiment, but, uh, pasta sauce, a serving has 12 grams. And then here's one that's pretty specific. Fat-free, sun-dried tomato vinaigrette, 12 grams of sugar. Wow. Right. And later on, we'll talk about some ways that you can you can get rid of some of the processed sugar in, like when you're making uh, sauces and um, dressings, things like that. Yeah. And here's one. And this, this one we talked a little bit about when we talked about hydration and the importance of hydrating. Energy drink, 32 grams of sugar. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and then an energy bar, similarly, 22 grams. Uh, Okay, and then a couple more. Canned baked beans, 12 grams. uh, Flavored yogurt, 20 grams. So, I mean, you can see there's a lot of sugar in these things that you don't necessarily consider sweet. I mean, feta cheese, you know? Yeah. It's not something that's, like, sweet. It doesn't taste sweet. but Or canned baked beans, but, you know, there's sugar in there. Okay, well, let's move on. Let's talk about the types of sugar. Okay. So there's six types of sugar we're going to discuss today, and that's glucose, fructose, sucrose, lactose, maltose, and high fructose corn syrup. Ooh, evil, right? Evil, very evil. evil. Yes. Okay, well, let's start out with glucose. All right. Now, glucose is a simple sugar that uh, can be carried in the blood. So when you talk about glucose and fructose, the two of them combined make up sucrose. And that's what we'll talk about in a minute. So glucose is a simple sugar that can be carried in the bloodstream. Fructose is a simple sugar that occurs naturally in fruit. So when you combine the two, uh, when you put glucose and fructose together, you get sucrose, which is commonly known as table sugar, and it occurs naturally in sugar cane or beets. And those are the two things that are refined to make the, the processed table sugar that we use. And then we have lactose, which is milk sugar, and this makes up about less than 5% of cow's milk. And a lot of people are, as you know, lactose intolerant. Right. Then there's maltose, which is joined up glucose molecules. It's two joined up glucose molecules. And then high fructose corn syrup, and we've heard a lot of this in the past few years. Mm -hmm. And this is corn syrup where half of the glucose has been converted into fructose. It's uh, chemically, it's very close to sucrose. Okay. All right, let's get out of the, ro- 
The crosses. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, And that's something we'll talk about later, too, when you're reading labels, is how to recognize hidden sugars. Yeah, hint. There's a hint right there. Right. But we we just kind of, we didn't want to geek out too much on you Mm -hmm. guys, but we just wanted to, like, share some of those commonly, well, it's not common, they're the six types of sugar, right? Right. Right. (laughs) Okay. So how does the body handle sugar, Larissa? All right, well, it's really simple, actually. When you eat something that contains sugar, glucose, when that food hits your intestines, the glucose is removed from the food and is um, put out into your bloodstream. And what it does is it provides food fuel for your cells. And it's especially important for your brain to have a constant supply of sugar or glucose because the neurons that are in your brain that control all the synapses and all the you know things that your body does, those neurons cannot store glucose. And that's why if you don't eat for a while, you start to feel weird. Mm-hmm. And maybe you get lightheaded or maybe you get tired um, because your brain, your those neurons need that constant, even supply of sugar. Oh, I get that real bad. You know that. Mm-hmm. I get really grumpy and mm-hmm. just lethargic. And I guess a lot of people do. Right. Probably some to varying degrees. I right. get pretty... Yeah, I can too when my blood sugar really yeah. dips. And then to the opposite effect too, when you eat a bunch of sugar and you get that sugar high where you get like jittery and you get maybe a headache and you get, that's the same, it's just the opposite reaction. It's your brain all of a sudden has too much and so it's got to do something with all of that. Yeah, it's kind of weird how I feel like I've developed a sweet tooth. I, I don't think I had a big sweet tooth as a as a kid. We were not like restricted, but I can say we didn't have a whole lot of sweets around right. the house. We weren't restricted though. How about you? Did you grow up? Um, We didn't, you know, I mean, we had in, my mom packed our lunches and she would give us usually a sandwich and chips and then like maybe a little thing of pudding or a little bag of, you know, a couple cookies or something. But it wasn't over the top. No, I mean, we didn't have like free access to cookies and candy and or anything like that. And then, you know, my mom would make things that were homemade sometimes. Um, But we weren't just we didn't have free reign and we didn't have sodas or anything like that. Um, now, I know in your research for this, you did some research on why children like sweets, right? Mm-hmm. So what right. did you... Well, basically what it is, it's... it's And now, I, I like this term. I saw it termed an evolutionary hangover. So basically, it's that, um, you know, as humans were evolving, the young youngsters, the young humans, uh, <laughs> who preferred high-calorie foods, which are typically, you know, can be higher in sugar, had a better chance of survival, so when you're born, you you would have that that sweet tooth, that craving for those foods. Now we don't necessarily that need that anymore because our food systems are entirely different, and we're not deprived, you know, on a constant basis like like they would have been back then. Um, but so that's why it's kind of called an evolutionary hangover that that has not really left us when we don't really have a need for it. And what about binging on sugar? Yeah, and you know it seems. It seems like once you start having some, you just want more. And there are good reasons oh, for that. Oh, absolutely. And I didn't know this. I, you know, I didn't find out all of it. I mean, I knew some of it, but I, I, def- I learned a lot when I was researching this. Well, and here's what's interesting is I was doing some reading on some of the things like Dr. Oz was saying about sugar. And there have been studies that 
show that when we consume sugar, our brain lights up much in the same way that like a like a drug addict, somebody who's addicted to cocaine or heroin, right. how they get this rush of serotonin right. or it's mood elevating a mood elevating hormone mm-hmm. in, in their brain. So we are. That's why when you have some, even just a little bit. You start to crave more, right? Because it it you want that good feeling back. Mm-hmm. Because you know everybody knows that sugar high followed by a crash, yeah. right? Now here's something crazy that I read. They actually speaking of studies, they did a study where you know they would have uh, the the test subjects hooked up so they could monitor their brain activity, and then and they didn't even feed them something sweet they just gave them a sugar water solution to swish around in their mouths they didn't swallow it they didn't nothing like that but as soon as they got that in their mouths and kind of swished it around and you know spit it out their brain activity just just lit up it that, isn't that crazy that is so you don't even have to take it into your you don't even have to digest it or ingest it yeah and so then there's the physical reaction that we get to sugar but then of course there's the cultural right Mm -hmm. so we have who doesn't have birthday cake or who doesn't i mean think about halloween think about cookies exactly pumpkin pie at you know thanksgiving fourth of july you know all kinds of stuff so yeah so we associate sugary snacks and treats with celebrations and holidays and that's not just our culture, I mean, lots of cultures have that, just different different things. But then inevitably, when you get the sugar high, comes... The big crash. The big crash. Yes. Yeah, so why does that happen? That happens because when, when you take in glucose into your body, your body, the pancreas, releases insulin to try to bring those glucose levels back down to normal. Um, so your body, your cells take what they need from that, but then you've still got that. And so insulin, that is the job of insulin is to bring those levels back down to normal. And when they do that, they're, you know, pulling away that um, glucose that made you high, that gave you the serotonin release and everything that made you high. So then you crash. Yeah. And then unfortunately, what happens is some people try to get that feeling back and they'll eat more sugar. Right. So it's a vicious cycle. Right. And in that sense, it is very much like a drug. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So why is it so easy to eat so much sugar or too much? Well, and again, this is really interesting. Glucose sends a signal of fullness to your brain. Fructose does not. So when you have uh, when you're eating processed foods that have a lot of added sucrose, now remember, sucrose is half glucose, half fructose, right? So processed foods tend to have an excessive amount of added sucrose to them. So you don't get, when you eat processed foods like, like um, I don't know, Chips Ahoy cookies, you're not going to feel full from those as fast because you've got glucose and fructose kind of battling it out in there and negating each other. So the fructose is not letting that glucose make you feel full. I mean, it's it's kind of weird, but they kind of cancel each other out in that respect. So you can keep eating cookies and cookies and cookies before you start to feel full. Whereas if if you were eating something that was natural, you know, just all glucose, you would feel full faster. Yeah, and usually when I'm if I'm eating junk food like that, it, I usually get sick of the taste before you actually feel full. Yeah, like how often do you actually just get full on? 
cookies. Right. Well, then you end up with a bellyache, but yeah. that's not full. That's just blah. Yeah, that's just feeling gross. And then the other thing is that when you eat something sweet, your body can't tell whether the sugar is natural. So if it comes from fruit, honey, or milk, or if it's processed. So if it's, you know, that refined sugar that comes from sugar cane or beets. So your body can't tell the difference to it. Sugar is sugar. It just affects the way you feel and how you either eat it or don't eat it or stop eating it. Mm -hmm. So you really still need to be cognizant and limit your intake of sweet foods or foods that contain sugar, whether or not they're actually taste sweet. Yeah, so if you haven't concluded by now, sugar can have a really adverse impact on your body. And one of the things that it does, and this is kind of crazy because we saw some of this in the, was, was it the Super Size Me documentary mm-hmm. that we watched a few months ago, where this guy was eating nothing but McDonald's for all his meals. And what he started to develop was non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Mm-hmm caused by a lot of the processed food and the sugar in the food that he was eating. One of the doctors even commented that they had never seen a liver, a a healthy liver, go to the level of deterioration that it had in such a short amount of time without being like a severe alcoholic. Right. That's just crazy. I yeah. mean, that it has the same. So fructose basically causes your liver to store fat in places that it shouldn't. And that's what can cause that um, fat to build up around your liver and cause that, that fatty liver disease. And then, of course, there's the increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Of which I am not proud. Excess insulin also damages your arteries and it leads to hypertension. Mm-hmm. And it can also cause an increase in the high or the bad cholesterol, the LDL. And it can lower the good cholesterol levels. And then one more thing that sugar does to our bodies is that eating too much sugar actually makes you feel hungrier. And the reason for this is that when you're eating, there's a hormone that's released called leptin. And that triggers that feeling of fullness that you have when you're eating and tells you you to stop eating. Your brain is saying, no, no more. Okay, well, fructose is like the, the the bad kid on the block and the and fructose doesn't play well with leptin. So when your body is trying to produce that leptin but you're eating a lot of of sugar whether it's fructose or you know uh, sucrose that has the combination fructose is not letting that leptin be produced. So you don't get that feeling of fullness at least not right away. So you just keep eating. And that's what leads to overeating and obesity and all these other problems. Okay, so most people think they do a pretty good job. At least people that are, you know, they might think, I don't eat that much. I don't eat candy every day or I don't drink sodas. But that's not really the stuff that typically gets to us. Mm -hmm. The, The stuff that really is harmful are the things that we are not aware of that contain sugar. So let's talk about some ways to spot those things. Okay. Well, the first and foremost thing is read your labels, read food labels, and learn to recognize those hidden sugars that we were talking about, that we've been talking about all along. So ingredients that end in OS, O-S-E, uh, ingredients with the word syrup in them. So high fructose corn syrup, uh, cane syrup, y- y- you know, things like that. Those are still sugars. 
So you need to be aware of the types of things that are in that uh, food that you're buying. Then you also want to pay attention to whole grain bread. You're a bigger bread eater than I'm I am. I'm a breadaholic. It's my dad's you fault. You are. <laughs> um, whole grain bread, uh, whole grain flour still contains the, gl- the gluten that causes sugar spikes. Right. So you want to watch out for that. Limit your bread intake. Right. Well, now, if you, wanna, if you want bread, try something that's sprouted. Maybe like, the, you know, the, the sprouted breads that don't contain, that are gluten free. All right. Uh, another thing, and this is something that we've talked about before, is it, the importance of eating a high protein breakfast. And the reason for that is that when you eat protein, first off, that helps regulate your blood sugar levels and helps to keep you feeling fuller longer in the morning. So you're less likely to go after those snacks that are probably, you know, loaded with sugar, whether or not you realize it. And here's something when it comes to juices. So avoid you want to avoid juices that contain added sugar, but you also want to make sure that if you're making your own, to kind of balance those out with some veggies. And this is why it's really good to add greens to your your juices and your smoothies because that helps to kind of balance that out and ensure that you're not getting too much sugar. Larissa still tend to be a little sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's cool. I mean, but she balances it out with typically spinach. Mm-hmm. And carrots. Well, carrots have sugar too, but um, not as much as like pineapple and, you know, oranges and things like that. Um, The other thing, another thing you can do is to substitute less sweet foods for, you know, instead of having, um, you know, six cookies after dinner, have a handful of raisins. Um, It's still sweet, but it's not the same kind of processed sugar that you're dumping into your body. Well, and here's my, one of my favorite ways to negate the, the effects of sugar. And that is to exercise. Mm-hmm. Exercise is really good for that. It, um, and yoga in particular is really good for that. I am not a big practitioner of yoga, but you know, I should give it a fair shot. I just haven't given you used to do it for a while. I did. I've, I've done it before. And I do like it. I, I that's something I need to get back into. I think I don't like it because I'm not flexible. I'm just not that flexible. I'm not as flexible. And I guess as it's I one of be. those catch 22s, though, I'd probably be more flexible if I did more <laughs> yoga. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the media effect. Also, man, the media is always trying to sell you on on sugar. So mm-hmm. you see those commercials with swirling chocolate and (laughs) (laughs) right caramel and and then of course on saturday mornings and in the afternoons on kids channels all of those sugar cereal commercials yeah you know and that gets your kids saying mom can i have this mom can i have this mom can i have this um so you know it's and it's the power of suggestion totally uh so avoid watching those uh avoid reading you know when you're throwing through a magazine and you see a, a an ad for chocolate or something just don't read it just flip it over you know you don't need to look at that um just avoid that and then avoid temptation don't be walking down the candy aisle at the store um you know that's just stuff you don't need to do so what are some good substitutions for sugar okay well here's something weird salt um and you know what modern family you remember when manny uh, had his girlfriend and they were making hot chocolate and his girlfriend suggested adding a tiny pinch of salt to the hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really good. And Gloria tried it, but she didn't want to because she she was... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So... Well, um, you want to you take it easy on salt though too. Right. Because that can have... Absolutely. Uh, bad 
that can have negative effects on your body as well. Right. But um, adding a tiny pinch of salt can enhance the sweetness of um, dishes, especially those containing fruit. And a good example of this is salt on grapefruit. A lot of people will put salt on grapefruit instead of putting sugar on it. And it kind of takes out some of that bitterness. All right. What about grated carrots? Yeah. Now carrots are naturally sweet. And again, you kind of want to be careful with those because they they do have more sugar than you would think. Right. But it's not refined and processed sugar. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why they work really well in cakes. They work. And and you've made muffins with Mm -hmm. carrots before and they're Mm -hmm. really good. Right. Beets. Now I am not a big fan of beets. I typically I will have beets in a juice if I do. (laughs) yeah i'm not a beet person they're so good for you though i wish i liked them more but i'm just not a big fan i don't like despise them and if i go to like whole foods and they make a juice there for me i'll usually ask them to throw in a little bit of beet right but i'm just not that uh not not a big fan right but like again you know they do tend to lend themselves to a little sweeter taste so you try them in smoothies juices and baked goods if you're if you're good on them i've never tried them grated like right. carrots but maybe i can try that too on, on a salad i'm sure that'd be all right right or even in muffins maybe we can make some carrot beet muffins or something now another thing that's good to sweeten sauces dressings and baked goods is orange juice mm-hmm. Right, just a little, and it doesn't take a whole lot. Um, now, I, I've used it in making muffins before, and it's good for like vinaigrettes where you want to add a little bit of sweetness but but tanginess at the same time. That's something that you can do. Um, it, but you know, again, it's and it's different. It's okay to use it you're, because you're not sitting there and guzzling an entire big tall glass of orange juice. And it's better than that sugar. Yes, for sure. exactly. Okay, caramelized onions. I love onions. You don't like onions so I, much. You know, caramelized, I actually, I don't mind them. I just don't like raw onions. Or if it's in something, as long as it's cooked, it's not bad. But but onions actually do have a high sugar content. I mean, you would never know it if you bit into one. But you don't taste it until they're heated. Because the heat brings out that sugar, and then that's what makes that caramelized That's true. Effect. I didn't think about that. So so a good suggestion then uh, would be to substitute caramelized onions for the ketchup on your veggie burger. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm, Because ketchup does contain sugar. And then there's apples. So you can use unsweetened applesauce or grated whole apples to sweeten baked goods, plain yogurt, oatmeal, and probably a lot of other things. A lot of other things, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that about wraps up our our little um, sugar breakdown. Yeah. Expose on sugar. So let's get into the recipe of the week. Okay, now this is something that I just found online. I have not tried it yet, but I trust me, I will be trying this this week. Now, this is a fruit juice caramel sauce. It contains no sugar. You know, normally a caramel, something that has caramel has sugar and maybe some corn syrup and, you know, things like that. This, all it is, is apple juice. Now, you want to you want to do fresh pressed apple juice or fresh fresh juiced, not the stuff that you get in a the treetop stuff that you get in a jar. So it's all it is is apple juice, a couple of tablespoons of butter, uh and some salt. And that's it. It's super easy. So I'm going to try it. I'll link to the recipe and I'll have to try it this week. You'll have to post a picture out on Instagram as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, that's and good. you know what we could do? We could use some uh apples to to dip in it. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah, definitely. Or, or some other fruit, even. Maybe pineapples or something. Yeah. Um, okay, so then uh, that's our recipe. What about a quote? Okay, this week I chose a quote from Virginia Woolf because I am reading her diary right now. And this quote says, One cannot think well, love well, 
sleep well if one has not dined well. I like that. Truth. It is truth. truth. It is truth. And for me, I don't want to dine too close to bedtime because that I, I don't sleep well if I've eaten too close to bedtime. Yeah, and we started eating much earlier and you started sleeping much better. Yes. We have kind of a thing where we say no eating after 7 p.m. anymore mm-hmm. because Larissa was having some trouble sleeping. And once we started doing that, she started sleeping much better. She was getting up a couple of times during the night. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was not fun. So that's something to try again. You know, if you're having trouble sleeping, try just cutting back on your on your eating before bedtime. All right. Well, I think that does it for our show this week. If you find value in the show, we would greatly appreciate you heading out to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating. You also can send us a voicemail on our website or stop by Facebook or Twitter. Tweet us. We like we love to engage with people. So however you feel like you want to reach out to us, we'd be happy to hear from you. Right. Oh, and you know what? We just started using Instagram. So check us out on Instagram. I'll put the link. Uh, the link is on, you know, on our website at the top with all of our social media buttons. But I'll for this episode, I'll put it in the show notes too uh, for Instagram because we're starting to have fun with that. And this is in anticipation of us going to New York. So expect a flurry of Instagram stuff the week of June 26th to July 2nd. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Yeah. Okay, on to episode 53. All right, we'll see you then. Peace out. Bye. Hey, Veg Centers, thanks so much for joining us today. Please be sure to visit our website at www.vegetarianzen.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Vegetarian Zen or on Twitter at Vegetarian Zen. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.